You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad, and we're sharing interviews uh, from the, interna- the Folk Alliance International Festival that happened in Montreal in February, where a wealth of Irish talent was showcased uh, by Culture Ireland and a variety of other uh, sources. It was a tremendous. It was like a fla that was closed to the public. It's the only way I can re- describe it because there was music in every corner of the hotel, and it was going on sessions until three o'clock in the morning. And one of the people over from North of Ireland was Bridget O'Neill, and Bridget is an Irish singer and songwriter, and had spent a number of years with Janta, and. Um, Originally, or I suppose you would claim home as Down Patrick. Bridget, thanks a million for coming along for a chat. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Um, great to have you. And you're here as an artist. Is this your first Folk Alliance International? It is indeed, yes. <laughs> Bit of a baptism of fire. <laughs> but a good fire. Oh, definitely, yes. Have you ever seen anything like it before? It's just totally overwhelming in every way. You know, a lot of people had warned me, but I still wasn't prepared. Yeah, it was and, like, and uh, thank it's you. like a giant house party in another way. You know, where there's just music coming out of all these tiny little hotel bedrooms and I know, just it's, every it's single one of them. And you said the hotel bedrooms. That's the, isn't it phenomenal? You go down and it's a, ho- a hotel, and you walk down the corridor of a what's hotel, and the doors are open, and you could have a solo performer or five-piece band. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's oh, constantly the changing. Of the window, you know, and in between the beds. And, and people sitting on the beds listening. Uh, Bridget O'Neill, tell me about Bridget. Well, um, I've always been a singer from my earliest years, um, singing in the Sunflower Folk Club in Belfast, you know. With, um, but then it's been more recently that I've taken up songwriting, I suppose, after a trip to Rathlin Island, which was a, a songwriting retreat for... It was actually a, a writing retreat for all kinds of writers. Okay. And uh, there was a lovely songwriting element to it. And I okay. went there, and that's where I sort of first penned a song. Um, so but, but prior to that, let's, let's, let's look back on your career prior to when you uh, took the pen to paper. Um, you've been performing and touring for a number of years. Absolutely, yes. So I mean, where, did, where did it all start? Well, it all started, I think, just at the likes of Belfast Folk Festival and uh, Belfast Festival at Queens. Right. I did a lot of, and the you know there was a folk session there. It was hosted by Jim Sheridan from the BBC, and okay. um, I used to go there and perform regularly as part of the Belfast Festival. And also, the Belfast Folk Festival was a fantastic place for you know young artists um, who were in the folk scene, and it was a real family atmosphere you know it was a yeah. brilliant festival where everybody met up afterwards in the festival club and that's where I met the guys from Janta and the Black Mountain String Band and people like that that to be honest I still play with today yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or we still party together anyway <laughs> and our children party together even more right. but um, so it's been great and that's where I started I suppose and then I formed a duo and we did all those festivals together and played in all the various venues like the Real Music Club in Belfast and all of that and then, um, so was this professional or semi-professional? Well, very much semi-professional. I mean, I was always you had the day job. I worked in the environment. I'm an environment um, scientist, right? And work in conservation work, and okay. have worked for 26 years now in, right. in environment science. So I only gave up the day job a couple of years ago, now, okay. two years ago, really. Yeah. And I've moved to music full time now. So I always kept it as a sort of the back burner. You know, it was always a hobby and always in summer. You know, if you took your summer holidays, you'd head off and do some tours, you know. And then I became, um, I, I, I toured with a group called All Set, who were um, Nui Fox, who's a set dancer from Belfast, a very well-known mm-hmm. set dancer from Belfast, set it up, really. And it was a fantastic collaboration because there was uh, set dancers and then 
a fantastic group of musicians, you know, top class musicians, and then a singer. Mm-hmm. I was their singer, right. but I was also a dancer and also a set dancer. Okay. So um, that was it was almost like a horrible to use the word, but cabaret. You know, that combination was very appealing to European audiences. Right. So we went all over Europe. Doing so that. when you say it was appealing to the European audience uh, for something like that, what type of venues were you playing? Because you're saying it was kind of nearly cabaret. Oh, it was fantastic audiences and, and those beautiful, you know, in Italy, and you get these gorgeous um, uh, civic festivals. Yes. Run for the people, completely yeah. free, but we were always very well paid. And uh, you know, they'd be in the school, they'd set up the square with the chairs on yes. the square on a summer evening, you know, and it was just idyllic. Yes. You know? And uh, then we they loved our music. But then there'd be other we'd be playing in, in bigger festivals, you know, very well established festivals right okay. across Europe, you know, right. which is what I did with John It always puzzles me how the Irish um, music and the Irish musicians get hired in Europe as much as they do and how well received they are on the festival scene in Europe. It's incredible. I think they just, I mean, particularly Italians and the Germans, to be honest, they just absolutely click with our music. um, We had a very, very successful tour in Germany and in, um, you know, right across, you know, then we did a tour with with Jante, toured in the States as well. Um, But I formed then, after that, um, a five-piece a cappella female group okay. called it was originally called Cougar Ban, five women. And okay. then, and then, I know I know. Forgive what me. is that like Forgive a recipe me. a recipe for it? Okay. Um, okay. There was an alternative name but I'm not gonna tell you what it okay. was. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you after the show. Okay. <laughs> I won't ask where places what kind of venues Cougar Van were playing. Oh, it was fabulous. We right. did the most gorgeous arts centres right. and uh, amazing places in, in Germany. I mean, we did a church in Berlin, you know, the fabulous venues. And um, so was in that band were people like Neve Parsons. Right. Um, well, it was Tina McSherry and myself formed it, and then Neve, Mary Moran, and um, Patsy Malarkey, who's a great sort of like bluesy singer from Belfast. And so it was a, a great collaboration, and our harmonies were really unique. Okay. They were very different. It was pretty like the voice. It was like a female version of the Voice Squad. Really. Okay. You know, it was okay. Like very unique and. Wherever we went, we were asked to come back, put it like that. Right, right. So uh, it was a very special time, actually, and it was one of those things that was like lightning in a bottle. We just caught something, you know, and and we had we had a great, although arduous tours in in Germany, long tours, and um, but great days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, so we've been through. So and then after that, I think I formed a trio with um, none other than I'm sure you know Jimmy Faulkner, yes. fantastic guitarist, and, yes. and Gary O'Brien. Yes. And the two, the three of us, I right. found a trio with them, and yeah. that's who I made my first album with. Okay, okay. So it's just called Inland Sailor. Okay. And Gary produced it. Right, right. And it's still so, good. so fast forward then, and you're out at a, a writing course, and um, at this stage, you've um, <coughs> a good career under your belt, and um, you have a lot of experience, but you've never written. No. I never really had the urge to write. I always loved interpreting. Do you keep a diary? Songs. Well, I always kept a diary from when so I was very young. And like, was it more than in your diary? Was it more than just, you know, I, I kind yes. of went? <laughs> you, you saw it was more of a journal. 
Very much so. So expressing yourself in writing was something that you were familiar with doing? Yes, in that funny sense. you should say that because you never really think of that. Yeah. But that, I mean, you were always, ha- it was a constant commentary on your world and yeah. people you met and feelings and expressions. I think it's very therapeutic for mm-hmm. a young person to have, actually, because mm-hmm. sometimes it's difficult to get that emotion out in the real world. So then when you did start writing, did you refer back to your journal from the past at any time? No, I was in a completely different place. I mean, I was, I'm a, you know, an older, an older woman. Yeah. It's a lot of, um, you know, my life I had, um, you know, my kids were, were, were growing and I was in a different place and I really felt I was at a very much a crossroads in my life where I really wanted to. I was always very passionate about my career and the environment and I always find it very difficult to leave it. But there was this terrible pull towards music all my life and it was right. always a conflict there, you know, because you couldn't... You, when you want to become a career musician, you have to give it your all. Right. And you were constantly turning down opportunities and... Um, and then getting frustrated by that and so I was at that point where I was really starting to think look you know what if you're going to do it you probably need to get on and do it soon but the kids were still at a very I mean they were only you know they were 10 you know a very demanding age and there was no way I could be leaving the home to go out sort of touring or whatever so I just started to invest in that whole idea of myself as a solo artist and as a writer Mm -hmm. and mainly because the songs I wrote were so picked up in such a positive way and people immediately started asking where can I hear that mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. I played it which came as a bit of a surprise to mm-hmm. me because I never really saw myself as a writer to be honest mm-hmm. and um, and th- but there was a demand for it and people loved the songs and they connected with them instantly so then I made a then that made me go and make an EP and then that's the point where you know it's funny the EP which is called Arrivals and Departures was really all about making a decision about where I wanted to go and mm-hmm. kind of find my way. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas my second album, Touchstone, is a much more from a much more established place of commentary and lots of different things, you know, right. about life. Right. Um, right. So that whole of the arrivals and departures has that feeling about it. What, what am I going to do next? Right. So within the context of performing, while well, you would have performed in Europe, um, then also around the north of Ireland. Were you able to get over the side of the Atlantic much since you um, left Genta? No, not. I mean, I, I no, not really. No, yeah. I mean, all my touring would have been done. I'm just trying to think. Have I done um, many? Cases? So, really, what happened that once I became a singer-songwriter, almost instantly, I became involved in the Belfast Nashville Songwriters Festival. So right. So the. I was picked up immediately and given an, an eighth award from our Arts Council, which is an Artist Career Enhancement Award, which is okay. a really special award to get. And because of that, I was asked to go out to Nashville. Okay. So I headed out to Nashville in my early stages as a writer and played the Bluebird Cafe okay. and uh, Music City Roots and met a lot of publishers out there and met a, a lot of Grammy award winning writers that I started to co-write with. So everything just took off. So when you say, I mean, wh- I didn't go out in the t- in a s- no. sense of a tour. Right. I went out and became a writer. Okay. Out okay. there, uh, and that has been a transformative process going out to Nashville. I mean, it has really shaped a lot of what I've been doing. Not because my songs or my music became very Nashvilley or anything like that, or con- any more country. Although people would say that definitely there's an influence there, which I'm happy about. But it it was just the whole, I became much more of a writer as well as a performing artist. So when you get to Nashville, um, 
how does that process work? Like, do you find a mentor, or is there um, a school? Um, or well, the school, to be honest, it was the Belfast Nashville Songwriters Festival, and right. they very much took me under their wing. The Pan Artsy, who look after that, Colin and Anne McGee, who are amazing right. people, and they brought me over and introduced me to okay. a lot of people. So that sort of sets you up. And but after that really it's all about how determined you are to make it for yourself okay so the next trip i did was completely independent i mean i just went out myself i paid for everything myself i made all my own connections but how do you make a connection in nashville because there's so many people there that are so involved in the music that yes it might be uh, is it uh, serendipitous or like you can't really go up knocking on somebody's door well it's amazing how many people you will know Irish musicians who have contacts in Nashville here okay. and out back. And if you know them, you know you can go and it's a bit like what, what's happening here in Fulton yeah. You just, if somebody knows somebody, you can say, and all you can do is ask and they can yep. say no. Yep. Is that, do you mind sharing you know, who do you think would be good to write with or yes. whatever? But because we'd gone out and done some in the rounds and also we'd made um, connections with the university out there and the the lecturers there and they were very helpful they would say well here's some of our students and they're you know they're really doing well and so on mm. and, and they think they would be comparable to where you're at and okay. why don't you write with them so that they would set you up with a student but at the same time some of the people I played with like Don Henry who's an mm-hmm. amazing songwriter mm-hmm. you know I was able to to write with him and mm-hmm. you know, and just those and then you become friends with these people mm-hmm. you know, and then you start developing relationships. So then, likewise, when you would write a song, and like when you would say write a, if you were writing a short story, you might send a short story off to an editor um, who would review it, or you might send it off to an um, an English professor or something like that. When you would put your lyrics down. Um, do you kind of put them out there to your little circle of and, and get ask for feedback? Sometimes you do that, definitely, um, if you feel you need that, and other times you just know you've got a kind of winner. Okay. Um, but we had a very helpful group because there was a number of us in Belfast and around Belfast, Bangor, Belfast, who were all sort of starting us at the same time. We just went around to each other's houses and had a little sort of, where we did exactly that. We would play a new song, get a bit of feedback on it, and and that was very useful because it was a real support group, you know, sort of men, you know, of peers. And so that was very useful for, for exactly that. But other times you just you just work up your song, and the best thing to do is to get it out there. there. And, and well, in terms of a gig, yeah, you know, I would play a song at a gig. And I kind of work on a very personal relationship with my audiences usually, and I would say to them, here's a new one, what do you think? And you'll know instantly right, if right, it's a goer. Right. Well, right. I do. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you do, because you're, you're, you, in a sense, can put your finger on a pulse of an audience in a way that someone who doesn't spend uh, that much time on a stage working with an audience yes, can. Yes, yes, so definitely. Yeah, so yeah. it's a lovely feeling. I mean, it's one of the best feelings in the world when you sing a song and you just get this fantastic response. And that's what happened with Touchstone, right. with the title track. Now, I know when we chatted earlier, before we came um, on here, um, we were, you were telling me that uh, when you were 
dealing with, I think it was your publisher said that they were having difficulty because you didn't have the usual trauma or misery that is associated with songwriters but helps them right, 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 right from a source of pain. <laughs> um, so well, it's not to say I haven't had pain in my life, you know, I mm. certainly have had, I think everybody has, a, has some, you know, definitely experiences to draw on, but I think I'm not an angst, you know, yeah, you have no extra old, you know, who's suffering those terrible ups and downs and right. roller coaster relationship issues, which I think we're we all remember and yeah. know well. But you know, I'm not in that point of my life anymore. That's the reality. But there's lots and lots of other things in life that you want to talk about, and right. you know, all around are people who are going through and that's why I always say like being a songwriter is like being a mirror you know or as, as you have to say a mirror because <laughs> when I say a mirror I'll go what you're talking about soil, so you're constantly reflecting everything around you yeah. and taking and observing and your people watching and friends can, you know are telling you things and you, you interweave all those stories into songs so you just make it's a constant commentary on life and then bigger issues like the songs refugees obviously is a much yeah. bigger issue that you feel you just have to express something about even if it's not talking about it from a political point of view it's a, it's a refugees human, human. is a personal story yes. of a couple who have had to leave right. so you come at it from different angles yeah. you know but so going back to what I asked earlier on could you ever do see yourself then going back in into your journals from years back and looking back at from what, what, who you were then and who you are now and reflecting on it and that yeah, providing you with it's material. a very useful idea I mean every now and again you know you're clearing out like my mother's clearing out the attic or whatever and yeah. she fires another one of those books to me and at least, or it's even just something you wrote in school or something and yeah. it really makes you realise what you were thinking about then and yeah. it, it does it, it wakens you because I, I don't know. I think you know we all are a bit of thinkers at that stage of our life. You get all you're quite. I was quite into philosophy and everything at that stage of my life. You know, well, so it, it all it all feeds into the like person you become. It is my father always said you can't put an old head on young shoulders. Yeah. But yet, when you were writing back then, there were young shoulders, and now you'll be able to reflect on it with it's the older. That's true. Yes, yeah. and it's a great idea. I mean, yeah. I think I might well do that. Actually, now you've put that in my head. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the next album. There you go. German. <laughs> German's from an angst for the 18 year That's right. And now you actually know, you no longer have to look at it and say, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow because you've come through it. I know. Well, you, God, you I don't think any of us feel that. I mean, yeah. there's lots of things to, you know, at various stages of life, you're yeah. confronted with all sorts of issues all the time. And uh, recently I found myself writing about that, you know, yeah. about things that people are facing now. And to be honest, I think there's a very need for it. There's a lot of, a lot of people in my audience who are, you know, at this stage of life connect with a lot of the things that I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I think it's really mm -hmm. important. Um, people do come up to you at the end of a gig and say, you know, that song really, really means something to me because right. of what I'm going through now. Right. Having said that, I, I just last night had a, a, a sort of 22 year old say the same thing to me. And that's good. Yeah, I was yeah. delighted. She yeah. went, "That's that's my life. You've right. just sung my life." 
Uh, you, you are listening. Right. I'm doing my job. You are listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad. We've been chatting with Bridget O'Neill at the Folk Alliance International Festival in Montreal. Bridget, I want to thank you for taking the time. Do you want to give us coordinates where people can find you? Yes, well, all my music's on Spotify, um, but um, really. I have a website which is bridgetoneal.com, easy to find, and okay. there's little T's in Bridget. It's all it's like, a, you know, the scent. Yeah. <laughs> B-R-I-G-I-D, O'Neill with two L's. And um, if you just go to my website, and I would really love people to connect with me and sign in, and I send out a, a, a monthly newsletter. And, you know, it just keeps up to date with all the things that I'm doing, like what I've done here at Folk Alliance, for example. And right. I'd really love people to join with that. And you can get my albums there. And are you on Facebook? Oh, yes, absolutely. There Facebook and uh, Spotify, uh, the other one. Twitter. Twitter. And Instagram. And my Instagram. I know. So yeah, follow yeah. me on that. There's lots of news on on Facebook, but really, I'd love it if people connected with me through my website. Well, Bridget, thanks a million for taking the time. Thank you so much. Lovely talking to you.